Geekville Radio. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geekess. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. We are winding up all things Mandalorian Season 3 in this episode because last week, Chapter 23 of The Mandalorian ended pretty much on a cliffhanger. And I figured rather than do a show about an episode that ended on a cliffhanger, I just decided I would uh, skip a week of Mandalorian reviews and do this week's show since both episodes were basically just effectively one episode just in two parts. We finally got Moff Gideon. I think this is the first time he's appeared on camera in the entire third season. He is finally back. And we've learned that he's basically been making his own clone army. So he's kind of doing the Palpatine Dark Empire thing on his own, which is kind of funny because that's kind of what Dark Empire was like, where the Emperor had essentially a whole building full of clones for him to possess. We also saw Kane again. I think this was the third time we saw her. And as most people suspected, she was working with Moff Gideon. She was his informant, his eyes and ears. And we got another name drop of Grand Admiral Thrawn, because he was mentioned by name as being part of the Empire's resurgence. That would seem to imply that Thrawn is also behind cloning Palpatine. I couldn't help but notice, though, that in the lead-in of the episode where Moff Gideon is going into his little lair, so to speak, where he consulted with the other Imperial leaders, one of those clearly was Captain Pellion, who EU fans remember played a big part in Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy. He was essentially the captain of the ship, the Star Destroyer that Grand Admiral Thrawn was on. That was a nice Easter egg. I'm assuming we'll see him again. I believe he's actually played by a character actor named Xander Berkeley, who's been in a lot of different stuff over the years. But while Gideon was going through that kind of endless hallway of doors, it reminded me of the classic TV show Get Smart, where Maxwell Smart is just walking through these doors that get increasingly larger and more ridiculous until he eventually gets to the telephone booth. Secret passageway, you might say. Anybody who's watched Get Smart knows how that intro goes. We also now know for sure that Gideon is not sold, that Thrawn will actually return, but he does manage to convince the rest of the council that the Mandalorians are a threat. But we also got, on a much lighter note, we got Grogu in the casing of IG-11 with him saying yes or no, like he's Captain Pike in the Star Trek premiere, but that clearly was played for comedy. I even put a meme on the Geekville Radio Facebook and Twitter pages that compared Grogu and IG-11 to Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series, the, the original one way back when. But with this episode called The Spies, it made me wonder if there were going to be spies. You know, it could Axe Woves be the spy? Could somebody else already in the clan be a spy? Some sort of double agent? And I don't think we ever got an answer to that. I don't think we were told who the spies actually were. But when Bo-Katan and the rest of the Mandalorians get to Mandalore's surface, and they're zipping around on that, I don't know what you call it, sail sled? It's not a boat, it's not in water. 
with their sail sled. And what do we get? They get attacked by a giant monster. Yes, another giant monster, I guess, this time around that was more of a reptilian creature. So we're up to, what, three giant monsters just in one season here? But when the heroes retreat into the surface, they're met with a new squad of stormtroopers and led by Moff Gideon himself. And he is in his own black form of body armor, kind of reminiscent of the dark trooper armor. And it's also made out of Beskar. And as a lot of fans of Star Wars Clone Wars would notice, the helmet had horns on it similar to Darth Maul. Because Mandalorians who were loyal to Darth Maul, when he ruled Mandalore, they had those spikes in their helmets as well. And in the end of the story, the end of the chapter, we got Paz Vizsla taking a one-man stand like Boromir in the original Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, dies a hero's death, goes down swinging, basically sacrificing himself for the rest of the army to escape. I mean, this episode to me, was about as Star Wars as you can get because it was had action, had a lot of the cool effects. They had the swashbuckling adventure, I think, that Star Wars encaps- encapsulates, especially with the original movies. It also showed how much grander the scale is since the show began. When the show began, it was just Din as a bounty hunter. But after three seasons, we've got a much larger scope of story here. Multiple planets, multiple systems, the empires involved, we're name-dropping Thrawn. Things are much more on a intergalactic scale than when the show started out. But in true sci-fi episode fashion, the show ends on a cliffhanger with the heroes walking into a trap set by Moff Gideon. And oh no, what'll happen? Tune in next week, basically. And there's still a lot of ground to be covered. In the final episode, which we'll get to, I went into the finale wondering how are they all going to tie this up in a single episode. And I think they did a good job of it. Almost the entire episode was wall-to-wall action. And when you have a lot of action in a show or movie, you can cover that ground pretty quickly. People were complaining that the finale was only, uh, what was it? I think it was like 40 minutes long or something like that. I think it was actually shorter than many of the other episodes. But as I said, it hit the ground running, just like the previous episode had a lot of action in it. We got to see the armorer kick some butt. And we got a third act, which had multiple things happening in kind of multiple locations, much like the ending of Return of the Jedi. We had Axwoes flying into the atmosphere. He basically crashes the capital ship literally onto... Gideon. I mean, talk about overkill, I guess. But given that the show did leave a couple of things dangling, i.e. the mythosaur, we got a glimpse of it, there seemed to be a lot of stuff that they were setting up that they didn't follow up on. And I'm assuming it'll get dealt with in the next season, in season four. But I thought it was a, a good conclusion. I don't get some of the criticism that this season has gotten. That said, I can understand people being underwhelmed by how Gideon died. He really wasn't bested in combat. He was caught in the explosion of the crashing spaceship. And I can understand why people may want Gideon to be dead. Because for the longest time, coming back from the dead was just something you didn't see in Star Wars. You got Force Ghosts. That's like the closest you could get. We don't need a somehow Gideon returned moment. 
But the questions that I have that will still need to be answered is, of course, is Moff Gideon really dead? Because I know I'm not the only one who noticed Moff Gideon was clean-shaven this time around. And that could mean nothing. Sometimes maybe he just decided to shave. But could that have been one of his strategically placed clones? And the Gideon that got blown up wasn't the real Gideon. It could be Gideon 13 or whatever. The other thought that I'll put out there is... Maybe we've been misunderstanding the title character all along. The show is called The Mandalorian, and we figured it was just going to cover Din Djarin's exploits. But with Grogu being officially do- adopted by Din Djarin and the armor christening Grogu as Din Grogu, that certainly would imply that Grogu is now... They basically outright said that Grogu is no longer a foundling. He is getting incorporated into the tribe. So we literally saw Grogu becoming a Mandalorian. So could the title character of the Mandalorian not be Din Djarin, actually be Grogu? It's not Din's story, it's Grogu's story. That seems like a very George Lucas thing to do. I will also admit that I was way, way off on my Magnificent Seven prediction that I made back before the series got started. I thought this was going to be an homage to the Magnificent Seven, and I don't think it was. They... Certainly not in the same vein of how the Magnificent Seven unfolded. So I was wrong, about, and it doesn't upset me at all. I'm I'm just wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again at some point. Will we see some of the other characters come back? It's a pretty safe bet we're going to see Bo-Katan again. I'd be surprised if we don't. It'll be interesting to see what happens to her. I still think teasing the Mythosaur is making people beg for a payoff for that. I think we hopefully we get some sort of payoff to... The Mythosaur tease. But this episode also not only felt like a season finale, it was like a story finale. There really wasn't anything immediately thrown at you. Because the last scene of the episode where Din adopts Grogu, he gets that working agreement with Carson Teva and is able to fix IG-11. And then the final shot was just Grogu and Jaren resting in their new home. You practically see the credits rolling during that scene. So I think they figured they were tying up enough loose ends to call this the end of the story, and then the next season could conceivably just be another story beginning. And if that's the case, will we get chapter 25, or will this go back to a chapter 1 under a new title? I mean, my hunch is they'll still just go with the numbered chapters. There was no post credit scene. They didn't have any hints at other future shows. So it looks like the next thing we have to look forward to is Ahsoka in August. And until then, I guess we'll just have to tide us over with Secret Invasion. Because anybody that knows me knows I've been waiting the most for Secret Invasion. You know, see Samuel Jackson front and center as Nick Fury, and we get a Nick Fury story instead of movies where he's a side character. But I would like to know what you folks think. This has been Geekville Radio. We can be found at geekvilleradio.com. We can be found on the podcatcher of your choosing, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, anywhere you go to find your podcast, you should be able to find us. Just do a search for Geekville Radio or go to geekvilleradio.com. Drop us a line, give us a review, let us know what we're doing well, let us do what let us know what we might not be doing so well. As I always say, I welcome feedback as long as it's genuine. Negative feedback is appreciate it. Again, as long as it's genuine. So with that, I'm going to power down the 
Geekville Radio Studios, and we will start fresh and new. We won't have any Mandalorian to talk about. We'll be talking about a lot of other stuff. There's Indiana Jones, Flash is coming up. There's definitely going to be some news to talk about in our next episode. So thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of geekvilleradio.com, a1-wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.